right. Just so you uh, know, uh, Franklin's coming to Rhode Island August 31st. So it's 12 noon, so only one hour from 12 to 1. If you can somehow work it out to have your lunch break or whatever, and uh, we're going to gather down there and just pray for our, our state and also pray for our country because America is in trouble. And, uh, you know, I was reading in, uh, in 1 Samuel, and uh, they talked there about, you know, how the, the glory had left the nation of Israel. And that's when, you know, the name Ichabod means glory gone. Or, and so, you know, I was thinking about our country, you know, and, and uh, we're, we're pretty close to that, you know, Ichabod, that, that God's hand, you know, is uh, from, the, from our turning away from faith in him to faith in ourselves. This is what's going to happen. This is the natural outcome of what will happen when we turn away from trusting in him to trusting in ourselves. So we do need to pray. So having said all that, let's open our Bibles, 2 Timothy. I'm going to see if this thing's going to work today. Yes, look at that. All right. Boy, you know, when little things go wrong, you get all messed up and technical stuff can kind of throw you off. I hope I wasn't too uh, disjointed uh, last week. But that message I talked uh, last week about being saved, this idea of saved, such an important thing, such a central issue to the Christian faith, that we're rescued, that we're saved from danger, that we're saved from destruction, we're saved from death. And, and really the first part of it is that we have to realize that we need to be saved. This is where, you know, this idea of trusting in ourselves versus trusting in God, we think we're okay. We don't need saving. But I was just thinking about some of the very simple, basic things of, of uh, coming to faith in Christ, and we call it a sinner's prayer. You all heard of that, right? You know what that is? <laughs> you don't have to answer that question. Sinner's prayer. But I was thinking we call it a sinner's prayer because we have to realize that we're sinners. And that's the step one, that we can't, we can't be saved uh, on our own, we're sinful. We're sinful human beings. We're that way from birth. And, and unless we have a Savior, unless we come to the Savior Jesus, we have no hope. There's certain death, certain hell, certain separation from God. But God sent His Son because He loved us. And He wanted to offer us that life. And so, so we're saved from those things, but we're also saved to immortality and to life and to a holy life. It's all, it's all by the grace of God. Some of these scriptures that, I, that I, I want to bring them up one more time because they're so powerful. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, how does a person get to be saved? That's so important. And, you know, do we have to do something? Do we have to give a certain amount of money? Go to church a certain number of times per week? Yes. <laughs> Just see if you're listening, that's all. No. We need to call on the name of the Lord. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord. Everyone. It's open to anybody who will say, hey, I need a Savior. I need help. I'm lost. And that's what they did in Acts 16, right? The jailer said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Believe in the Lord Jesus. 
That's just the, the basic, fundamental, this is bedrock, this is fun, uh, foundational stuff, right? For the Christian faith. We, we need to be so certain and so sure. I sound like a Rhode Islander, huh? Certain. I don't talk like that, really, I don't. To, to have a grip on these things, that these are the foundations of the Christian faith. And that's kind of what I'm, where I'm heading today, what I want to talk about today. The central, the historic Christian foundational teachings that God has given to us. This verse in Psalms is kind of interesting. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I've seen it over the last, say, 15 years, 10 or 15 years, where the, the foundations are being kicked out one by one by one. Of the, in, the, in the church, now, I'm not talking about in the world. Of course, that's affecting the world, and it's affecting our society. It's affecting our country, where we're becoming you know, less and less of a nation that looked to God, where you had presidents that weren't afraid to say, I, you know, God, have mercy on us, help us, call out to Jesus Christ to, to save us, to we don't need that. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? It goes on in that psalm, uh, thankfully, to say that God is, is basically still on the throne. Ultimately, our trust is in him. Our trust is not in our society. Our trust is not in the U.S. of A. Thank God for that. Our trust is in him, no matter where we live. But talking about these truths now, these foundational truths, let me ask you a question. Do we have to change the truth and change the words to make them more palatable? That's a big question now, you know. Hopefully, if, if, if this is where you hear the word, you're going to say, well, definitely not. We don't do that here, but in the church as a whole, we've seen that happening over the last 10 or 15 years. And, it, and it's, it's, let's change the words, let's change the, the, the truths so that they sound good rather than that they're sound. Big difference, right? Now, it's okay that if they sound good. We want things to sound good, right? If I, if I just got up here, and, and some of you uh, feel that way anyways, I just get up here and bore you to death, put you to sleep, and, and um, um, you know, have a nice nap, and everything like that. We, we want it to sound interesting. We want to be you know, relevant and all that stuff, but, but not at the sacrificing of the truths of God's Word. If you're going to have one, let's keep the truths rather than just sound good so that everybody's happy and everybody's, you know, all excited and running around and, 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 and it's all, you know, kind of uh, built up like that. It's dangerous, though, to go that direction, isn't it? So our passage today, 2 Timothy, let's, let's read our verses today, 2 Timothy 1, verses 13 and 14. And then also 2.2, he says, What you have heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching, with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And then jump down to chapter 2, verse 2. 
And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Sound words. It's translated differently. This version says sound teaching. The, 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 uh, the actual word right there is logos. Sound words. Or what sounds good. What's important. The, these verses we're looking at today, there's three things about these sound words. These, this sound teaching is to keep it, to guard it, and then to pass it on. The first subject in the, in the book of 1 Timothy, the, one of the pastoral epistles we, we're, we call them, is false teaching. It's false teachers. The danger of false teaching teaching and false teachers. It's one of the things, and he gets back to it over and over and over again. And that's what he's talking about here, too. He uses this word sound. I won't try to pronounce the Greek word because you would, you would make fun of me because I can't really pronounce it, but it's actually a word that's related to our English word hygiene, right? Which, which, which you know, deals with these things of healthy and uncorrupt, and sound. You can have, you've heard these kinds of phrases, right? Have, you can have a sound heart. Or you can have sound advice, right? I hope I'm giving you some sound advice. Or what about a sound investment? That's good, right? Right, Norm? Sound investment. This is kind of the idea of, of what we're, we're talking about, this word sound. So he said, sound words that are good, that are wise. Sound teaching. More than just that it sounds good to the ear. You see. I don't know about you, but I listen to a lot of Christian music. How many of you listen to Christian music? You know, and, and I, I listen to them, and, and uh, there's a lot of... There's a lot of music out there, but a lot of them are kind of like empty. And even some of the worship songs of today, they're kind of empty. And I'm, and I'm concerned about that. Some of the songs, you know, they, they, uh, some of the Christian songs, some of the Christian books even, some of the teaching that's going on, some of the new teaching and the new words that are being put forth, they're, they're empty. They're not sound. They're not healthy. There's, there's really nothing to them, like marshmallow, right? How many of you love marshmallows? You could eat like a hundred of them. You'd feel sick, wouldn't you? If you had marshmallows for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, how would you feel? I'll talk to you after. I mean, really think about what you take in, what you've got. Is there any substance there? Is, any, is there any health there? You know that, and I didn't get to see the, the, uh, the show where uh, the guy just lived on McDonald's 30 days. It just about killed him in 30 days. Right? So let's go. Some of you are already thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm heading there as soon as he gets done. I wish he'd be, get done sooner because... That grease, that fat, the sugar, it's all, it's all part of a big, huge explosion in my stomach. 
But if that's all you have, now I'm not saying that you, you know, it's not bad, but if that's all it is, if there's nothing substantial there, you see, we're going to be pretty unhealthy. You know, we could get up and tell stories. I could, you know, I could tell stories and jokes for 30, 35 minutes, right? And I, I could have you rolling in the aisles. Maybe. <laughs> Can you picture it? Can you picture that? Well, let's go. Whoa! But, but, you know, there are places that do that, right? I mean, I'm not making this up. Have you ever been to a place like that? It's like story after story after joke after joke, and, and they never actually open the Bible. Like, where'd the Bible go? Right? You can't live on that stuff. It's, it's good for maybe, you know, I mean... Um, if you want to go get the McDonald's Big Mac today, go ahead. Just don't get it tonight and then tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. It's okay to, you know, to have these things. But you've got to have something solid, right? You've got to have something real. Turn with me to uh, chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3. Look what it says there. He tells Timothy in the first few verses to preach the word, to, to instruct, to teach from God's word. But look what he says in verse 3. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine, sound teaching. Same word, sound. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn aside, turn their, excuse me, they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. That's happening. That happens. That is happening now. There are so many weird and crazy things that are going out there, but, but you know, the, the teachers and the pastors who say, you know, hey, they really like that thing, even though it's not biblical, it has no foundation in the Bible, but they, they really got uh, you know, excited about that, so I'm going to talk more about that thing to, to, to you know, those itching ears, to say what you want to hear. You know, you want me to, to sit and tell you all you know, that you're the one, most wonderful person in the whole wide world over and over again? Well, you are, kind of, but you're also kind of not. So I could lie to you, I could tell you all this stuff over and over, but is it going to help you in your Christian life, your Christian faith? Is it going to help the, 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 the people around us? You see, these words matter. And what we teach and what they mean, these things matter, you see. That's what Paul, I think, is trying to get across to Timothy. You know, he, he was very careful in, what, in his teaching. Paul, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, he carefully taught these truths of God's word. Look what it says back there in chapter 1, verse 13 again. Read it with me. He says, what you heard from me, keep as the pattern or the type of sound teaching. What you've heard me teach, he says, you know, what you've heard me say. And, and he was very careful about the things that he said. And, and we know that God was inspiring him. We know now by the Holy Spirit to give us these words. And so we can go back to him. And now we're teaching through the letters. We call them the letters of Paul, right? Because God gave us those words. The letters of rich mean nothing. But God gave us the letters of Paul, and it's in part of the inspired word of God. To keep them, 
to hold on to them. Uh, some versions say to hold fast to them. Follow the pattern. You see, it's very important in, in thinking back to what I talked about last week, this idea of being saved. You say, well, that, you know, people don't know that word, so we're going to just change it and take it out of our vocabulary. Well, why would you do that? Maybe better for us to explain it to them. Hold on to the, the truths of God's word and even the words of God's word. You know, uh, I, I read someone said, you know, there's so many different translations now. It's like, a, you know, we all have to change everything to say it just the way we want it to be said. And, and in doing that, we can, we can jettison the truth. We can get rid of the truth. One commentator, McDonald, said this. He said, it's not just that he, that is Timothy, is to be loyal to the truth of God's word, but that he is to cling to the very expressions by which this truth is conveyed. He said, it's sometimes suggested in our day that we should abandon such old-fashioned expressions as being born again or the blood of Jesus. People want to use more sophisticated language, but there is a, a subtle danger here in abandoning the scriptural mode of expression. They often abandon the very truths which are communicated by these expressions. Wow. Now, I'm, I, you know, I, I think we need to, again, explain what we're talking about and just, you know, there, you know, I understand. I understand. Okay, don't think I'm... I'm, I'm just a dummy. Well, you can think that if you want to. That, you know, that we can speak all the Christianese, right? We can have all the language, all the Christian language, say all the Christian words, and the people around us look at us like we have two heads. I understand that. But we don't throw out the, the stuff. You see, we, we, we need to use it and explain it. Well, what does it mean? Say, I'm saved because I was on a road to hell, to death, to destruction. <clears throat> And Jesus saved me from that. You see, we explain it. We don't get rid of it. We hold fast to these things, these biblical words, these biblical teaching that, that God has given to us, the sound, the healthy ones that are uncorrupt, that, that aren't like contaminated by the world around us. Uh, let me read to you from a message that Charles Spurgeon, you all heard of Charles Spurgeon? He, uh, he gave this message in 1856 in England, and he was speaking on this verse. Uh, I'm not going to give his whole message, don't worry, because he would like preach for two hours or something, I think. You know, when you read it, you go like, wow, you're still preaching this same message. You're still reading and reading and reading. You go, wow, I'm only going to give the first little part because it's important, I think. And uh, he said this, he said, my incessant, and this is a pastor's heart, my incessant anxiety for you, dearly beloved in the faith of Christ, uh, Jesus Christ, is that I may be able in the first place to teach you what God's truth is, and then trusting that I have to the best of my ability taught you what I believe to be God's most holy gospel, my next anxiety is that you should hold fast the form of sound words, this verse we're looking at today, that whatever may occur in the future, should death snatch away your pastor 
or should anything occur which might put you in perilous circumstances so that you were tempted to embrace any system of heresy, you might, every one of you, stand as firm and as unmoved as rocks and as strong as mountains be. Is that cool? That you might stand as rocks and as strong as mountains be, abiding in the faith which was once delivered unto the, uh, unto the saints. Where have you have heard in which... We have proclaimed unto you, if the gospel be worth your hearing, and if it is a true gospel, it is worth your holding, holding on to, keeping. That's what he's talking about there. Isn't that cool? I feel the same way. Not, I'm not as eloquent as, uh, as our friend Charles Spurgeon is, of course, but you know that, that we just try to teach God's word, that you would hold on to it. No matter what happens to me, no matter where you end up, that, that when you hear some weird, strange teaching, like the red light's going to go on, like, that's weird. That's not in the Bible. Where'd that come from? There are, there are certain things called doctrines of demons, you know. And they don't come and say, this is a doctrine of demon I'm going to now teach you people. No, it's kind of like just come, you know, gets brought in as the new thing, the new wave, the new this, the new that. Hold on, hold fast. Hold fast, he said. Keep as the pattern of sound teaching the things that we've been taught from God's word. Notice also back there in verse 13, he says, with faith and love in Christ Jesus. I, when I read that, I, I, was, I was impressed by that, that he wasn't just saying, just have the doctrine straight. Don't just have the teaching straight. Those are important. That, that's important. Don't just have the words right, but, but also with faith and love. We, we, we have to have those things. We have to be balanced. It's not just a head knowledge, but it's a faith, a, a vibrant, a living faith. We, we've been studying about that in James. You can have a dead faith that, that's no faith at all. But he says, a living faith. And have some love in it, right? Have a little bit of love. You know, don't just go slamming people, you know, uh, with, with what you know to be the truth of God's word. Well, where do you love the person? They're going to listen to you and I a lot better if they know they love us, right? Is that true? If I know that you love me, I'm willing to listen to you. If I don't think you even like me, I'm not going to listen to you at all. Like you're, don't even think you're going to listen to me. I'm going to listen to you. Without faith and love, we're just like the Pharisees in Jesus' day, right? You all know the Pharisees? They were the spiritual leaders of the day. And, and uh, you know, People couldn't even get close to them. All they did was they spouted things off, but they did it on the corners. Jesus said they did it on the corners so that everybody could see how spiritual they were. But he, he went on to say that, uh, Jesus went on to say that inside them was just like dead stuff. Ugly stuff. It was all on the outside. It was all for show. We can be just like the Pharisees too. Someone said this, was it to be a formal, lifeless retention of a rote formula and rigid orthodoxy? That's a mouthful. Clearly not. Clearly not. How one maintains orthodoxy is as important as the content of the orthodoxy itself. Yeah, to have the right doctrine, but, 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 but let's talk about being alive with the doctrine, alive with the truth. Alive 
in him. The next uh, thing there uh, that is in uh, verse 14, he says to guard the good deposit. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. To guard the truths that he's given to us. We need to stand guard over these things. And you've seen those guys before, right? Where are they? Yeah, Buckingham Palace right out in front there. And, and, you, and, you, and you can do nothing to make them look at you and laugh or anything and, and kind of get their attention away. They know what their job is. And you and I need to be kind of like that with the truths of God's word. That we understand them, that we know them, keep an eye on them, we're vigilant, we're watching out, that error wouldn't creep in. McDonald, again, he said this, don't add to or take away from or improve, but stand true to the word of God. Let me say that again, don't add to, don't take away from, don't try to improve, but stand true to the word of God. Stand true to the Word of God. Today, again, over the last 10 to 15 years, I've seen it, this kind of marginalizing of the truth. This liberal, kind of a liberal, uh, you know, way of looking at it. Well, it doesn't really mean that. It, it doesn't really have that kind of a concept. It really doesn't mean that. And we kind of water it down so that, so that people would be happy, so that people would come. I have to tell you that, that uh, some of the largest churches in America today do not, do not hold the, the, you know, the, the, the strong teaching of God's word. Well, why is that? Because they're saying things that people like to hear. Do you know about this? Did you know that? It's true. Go check it out for yourself. Largest churches in America, a lot of them, they've got so much weird stuff going on. They won't mention the word hell. Won't mention the word devil. I mean, you know, you can't do these things. Won't use the word sin. Because you, you know, you want to get on people's good side. You want to make people happy. You want, well, you've just thrown out, you know, how much of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Turn with me to uh, the book of Jude, if you would. Turn with me to the book of Jude, which is right before the book of Revelation. And remember, our homework is to read Revelation chapter 20, uh, verses uh, 7 and following. Revelation chapter 20, verse 7. So we're at Jude, right before uh, Revelation. I'll sidetrack there. Jude. Jude was a half-brother of Jesus. Did you know that? Not a full brother, but he was a half-brother of Jesus. As was James. And we're going to look in verse 3 and 4. He says, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality. And they, and they deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. 
they start to mess around with some of the most important doctrines. And the, the most important doctrine is denying Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Ultimately, all false teaching gets back to twisting and going away from the truth about who Jesus Christ is and what he came to do. Guard it, he says. Contend for it. Fight for it. In our day and age, we need to fight for it. We need to stand up for it. But notice back in 2 Timothy, he says that we have the, the help of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit living within us to do it. We, we're, we're not called to do it on our own. And, and Jesus even told his disciples, you know, that, that you, know, don't, you know, don't try to figure out beforehand what you're going to say. But he says, I'll give you the words, right, to say in that time when they're facing persecution. But they were to be dependent on God. That doesn't mean that, that they shouldn't understand the truths. Because he also talked about bringing to your remembrance. Well, you can't bring to someone's remembrance something they never looked at or read or studied before, right? You can't remember something you never knew before. Is that true? I don't remember. The Holy Spirit, you see, he cares more about this stuff than we do. God cares more about this than we do. And he will help us. And finally, in 2 Timothy, jump to chapter 2. Very similar things that he, thing that he says here. And the things that you have heard me say. That's what he's talking about in verse 13, chapter 1. The things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses. And trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Also be qualified to teach others. He talked to here about passing it on. Sound words, sound teaching. We need to keep it. We need to guard it. But we also need to pass it on. And this is for the sake of the next generation, you see. That's why I'm, I'm so impressed, you know, with uh, when Justin and others talk about what's going on back with our kids back there. You know, they're teaching them God's word every single day. You know, they're not just teaching them, you know, games and stuff. They do play games back there. But they're teaching them God's word in a, in a consistent, regular basis. We need to pass it on, right? We need to pass it on to the next generation. It's not that there's new truth for every generation. There's no new truth. Now, it doesn't mean, as I said earlier, that we, we, we need to be relevant. We need to understand where people are coming from. But it's the same truth. And we need to pass on that truth, as Paul says here, to entrust it to those who will teach others. Entrust it to reliable men. And that word means anthropos, which also includes women. Men and women. Faithful, reliable men and women who will carry forward the message. You know, I... I think about this sometimes more than I used to. You know, someday my time is going to run out here. And will there be others to carry forward the message of God's word? That's a question that I, that I have to think about, that I have to pray about, that I need to, to, to say, well, how, what can I do? Who can I, uh, you know... Uh, and trust, you know, what I do and, and teaching God's word. And I believe God has been raising up people through the years who, who will carry that and, and take that baton. 
I'm not going anywhere tomorrow, just so you know. But what if I died tomorrow? Would it just fall apart? Not if we have built a foundation of God's word into this fellowship. And I believe that we have. Not me, but all of us together have built this foundation. And there are men and women who love God's word, who teach God's word. And we have a good foundation of sound words, healthy, uncorrupted teaching of God's word. That's what's going to stand when the storms come. He talked about in Ephesians chapter 4, he talked about, you know, uh, the ministry and, 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 and teaching. And he says this, he says, Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. As, as we have a foundation, we're not going to be battered and pushed all around because we, have, we know what the truth is. We know what the truth is. One more quote for you. Actually, two more. This one here from the Bible Knowledge Commentary. To preserve sound teaching from becoming corrupted through distortion, dilution, deletion, and addition. Well, that doesn't happen. Well, you better believe it does. Did you know Thomas Jefferson, he had his own Bible where he deleted huge amounts of God's Word. Anything that had to do with anything miraculous, anything that had to do with like supernatural, out, out. Preserved sound teaching from becoming corrupted through distortion. What does it say? What does it mean? That's where we ask these questions. We, we look at the passage. What is it saying? What does it mean? And how do I apply it to me? That's a simple inductive Bible study method. What does it say? What does it mean? And how do I apply it to me? Dilution, deletion, addition. One more quote I have for you. I don't know who this guy is, but he goes by the name Tractor Man. I just like what he said. He says, the only way we will ever hold on to our convictions is to have them in the first place. And to possess any real biblical, biblical convictions, we need a solid foundation upon which to build them. We all must become students of Scripture, knowing what we believe and why we believe it. We also must remember that though that doctrine is not an end unto itself, for even a lost person can know doctrine, but display no faith and possess no love. The religious crowd in Jesus' day had the right God and the right scriptures, but they wandered from them both, possessing little to no faith and exercising little to no love. He's talking about our passage today, isn't he? Do you have convictions? Do you have spiritual... Do you, do, you, do you know what you believe and why you believe it? Do you, do you, is this book getting inside of you, getting into your heart, into your mind? You know, even Paul, right? Paul the Apostle, it says in, in Acts 17, it says that they actually, they would listen to him and then they would check it out by the scriptures that they had to make sure what he was saying was true, right? Acts 17. The Bereans. 
I could get up here and tell you all kinds of stuff, you know, but, but I'm hoping that you would, you, you know, like when I said something stupid a while back, you all looked at me like I was really insane. And I would hope you do that. Like you're looking at me like right now, like I'm insane. <laughs> but that you think for yourself and that you hold on to the truth, the truths of God's word, not the truths of man, the truths of God's word. Hold on to it. Guard it, Paul says, and then pass it on to others. That's so, so important. Sound words. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father and God, Father God in, in heaven, we look to you today, this morning, and we, and we uh, first of all, we thank you for God's word, for the word you gave us that we can build our lives on the rock of your word, on the rock of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is explained to us, who is revealed to us in the word. Father, I pray for each one of us that we would, that we would be students of your word, students of scripture, that we'd read it, we'd think about it, we'd ask questions, we'd grow, Father, I, I know that that's, that's true for each one of us. We need to keep growing. And when we think we've got there, and then, we, then we, we're in trouble. I'm in trouble if I think I don't need to grow anymore. Help us, Lord, by that Holy Spirit that, that you've given to us, the Holy Spirit that lives within us, within me. Help me to keep following you no matter what the world says, no matter what even parts of the church that have wandered away from the truth say, Father, I, I thank you that we are saved by the blood of Jesus. We're saved from death, from destruction, from hell. By calling upon and by believing in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior bedrock, foundational truth. I pray for each one of us today, Lord, that, that we would know that. We would know that without a doubt. We know that we know that we know that Jesus is my Savior. Maybe there's some here this morning, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. Well, all you need to do is call upon the name of Jesus. Call upon Him and say, Jesus, I, I'm lost. I'm a sinner, I know that. Please come into my life and save me, that I might be yours forever and ever and ever and live in heaven with you forever and ever and ever. Thank you again for this beautiful fellowship that you've given us, this family. I pray for each one of us, this family that we would strengthen and, and help one another through all the ups and the downs, losing family members as uh, Annie has this week, Lord, just through the, the trials and the troubles and even the successes. We would rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That we, we care for one another, not just have the doctrines, but we would also have the faith and the love. And it would be evident, Lord, in our lives. In Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Let's stand and sing together, shall we?